It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome again. Matt Hausman. It is that time again. Smart Money Questions and Today I'm going to go over a uh, you know a couple questions that came in, but we have had conversations uh, with clients about these two particular subjects uh, many times over the course of uh, over the last years uh, for sure. The other thing I want to talk about was Maggie and I were recently at a training last week. I'm recording this early October, and um, the training company that was there and one of the advisors that actually spoke really had some good insight on maybe thinking about things in a couple different ways. And so I want to address that as well. But before we jump to that, let's make sure we deal with the disclosure. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, If you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so let's jump into this. So first of all, just something to think about, uh, especially right now with all of this information out there about these potential tax increases with these two bills that, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, who knows if they get passed and if they get passed, what they're really going to look like. But the reality is I think that we can all agree that clearly there is a direction to increase taxes in some form or fashion. That's what they're looking to do. And what this advisor got up and spoke about specifically about that is the conversation that he has had with numerous clients that want to, as they get closer to retirement, They want to pay that mortgage off. In some cases, taking large sums of money out of their traditional retirement accounts, traditional IRAs, traditional 401ks, what have you, paying the tax to pay that mortgage off. And the way that he kind of re, or he asked a different question when they brought that up, is his comment was, well, let's look at what are, what are the, what's the interest rate right now that you're paying on your mortgage? And of course, we know that over the really over the course of the last 10 years, rates have been uh, historically low, but especially over the course of the last 18 months. I mean, they've just almost been, it's like they're almost giving away money. But so they would answer the question and he would then say, well, can your current cash flow or when you get to retirement, is your cash flow going to be able to support that, you know, that mortgage payment? And if the answer was yes, he said, well, then do you think we should be more actively looking at paying off the taxes that are going to be due on your IRAs and your 401ks instead of paying off the mortgage right now 
that when we really just look at the numbers, if there's going to be a 20 to 22 to 25% cost, depending on your overall income and whether you're filing married or whether you're filing single, is that could be the the tax cost on getting the money out of your IRAs versus paying off your mortgage that may be as at an interest rate of 4%. And so really be thinking about that in your own situation. I know that I talk about this all the time. And by the way, not everyone falls into the situation where they're going to owe an enormous amount of taxes on their 401k. Every situation is going to be different, but it really needs to be analyzed to be able to see, especially if one of your goals, and listen, it's a great goal. I want to get my mortgage paid off before retirement. But we also want to be looking at the overall picture to see what's the cost of the money, where are my assets at? Cost meaning either taxes and or interest costs, in this case, taxes on the traditional uh, retirement accounts and interest owed on the mortgage. So really be thinking about that, that, uh, about that. I thought that was a great question and different ways to think about what's the direction that we need to go. I wanted to throw that out there. I really, I really enjoyed that and the way that he phrased that at a good thing uh, to share with the audience today. Let's talk about the, a couple questions that have come in, and I have specifically spoke about both of them with clients over the course of the last years and years and years, but I think it is worth noting to have that discussion again. The first one is the discussion of, do I really need an emergency fund or... Instead of just keeping money in a savings account that right now earns nothing, can I just use my home equity line of credit in the event I have a pinch? Is that potentially a good strategy? And really, the answer is it depends. First of all, do I think it's a good strategy to have at least a home equity line of credit on your home? Absolutely. That is a great instrument to have. I didn't say you had to use it. I said it's a great instrument to have at your disposal as part of your overall financial planning. Now, if it's going to be your emergency fund, what does that do? Well, there are some benefits to it. First of all, that allows you not to have money sitting in cash that is earning nothing and maybe potentially have it in other investments that are going to get you a greater overall return or increase in value. But one of the things to realize in the event you have an emergency line of credit or a home equity line of credit or even a personal line of credit is that in the event you need to use it, when that emergency comes, how am I going to pay it back? Because that instrument is going to require a payback. And my suggestion would be, is if you're, in, if you're looking to use that, what's going to be my plan on, in the event I have to go take that money, that I'm going to be able to pay it back without, for instance, robbing the 401k or taking too much money out or taking a loan against the 401k, God forbid. So really make sure that you are looking to, if I'm going to use that emergency fund, because it can be a great instrument. We have worked with clients over the years that we have used that, that financial instrument that they have access to really to their benefit. There's all different ways to look to do that. Not just an emergency fund, you know, depending on where your monies are and the taxes, you know, especially with where interest rates are with lines of credit. Even though they're variable, they're extremely low right now. It can be a great tool to have. Now, I'd also have clients that have both a home equity line of credit and a savings account. And that could be a great strategy as well. And what I always talk to them about is the money that you're going to have in savings, if you also have that backup, 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 which is your line of credit, 
is you know you're pulling that money out of potential greater earnings but some people just like that comfort feeling of actual cash you know so really it depends on you but is that an instrument that can be used as an emergency fund absolutely you just want to be looking you know you don't want to get crazy with it it's not like we're going to take money out and go to vegas but it is something that if you have access to to get by the way they're they're dirt cheap if not free then make sure to really you know use that as a part of your overall financial planning. Just understand the other things that go along with that. The next is something that I've had personal experience with. And recently, some clients have gone through this. We've had clients that have gone through this in the past. And that is where one of the, one of the spouses dies. Let's say, in my case, my, my father died. And people are worried about the surviving spouse, especially in the event that that surviving spouse hasn't really had a handle in the investment decisions, maybe cash flow, expenses, income, estate planning, what have you, is if the the son or the daughter or the collection of the family, if they're not real versed on that, what is the thing to do to help the surviving spouse? My recommendation is, first of all, if there is a family, you get the siblings involved. I would highly encourage that you bring in a professional, a fiduciary, a holistic advisor that is going to recognize this is not just about overall financial planning. It is that, but it becomes more than that. It's not just about investment planning. You're going to be looking at now income planning. In my mom's situation, when my dad passed, is that you know we're going to lose an income there. So one of the Social Securities is going away. One of them is going to stay. We also are going to be looking at potential estate and tax planning situations that need to take place, especially on the estate planning. If you're dealing with a fiduciary, they should have the connections with an estate attorney that can assist in making sure we get those new documents drafted, if need be, along with where the assets are, having a total picture on where they are. Now, the other thing would be is I would make sure that uh, you, if you're the person that is now helping uh, the surviving spouse, along with the siblings, that in the event that recommendations are made and you're looking to go in different directions, let's say maybe with some investments, is that you're comfortable with that. Ask the questions that uh, will, will help you with that, help with making you comfortable. The other thing is with regards to tax planning is understanding where the money is and now recognizing that this per, you know, the surviving spouse is now going to be filing single, not married. That can be a big difference. I can tell you in my mom's situation, there was a tax increase because of where the money is, how it is being taxed, and now filing single. So that is where bringing, bringing a professional in, working with the siblings and the surviving spouse to look at the whole picture, let's recognize the things and put them in priority lists that need to be addressed in some cases immediately and others planned for. And then the last thing would be, especially if the surviving spouse wasn't involved, let's say with the day-to-day budget and financial running of the household, is now working with that person over time to get them comfortable with the direction that you're wanting to go. Now, in many cases, you know, with setting up automatic payments and automatic deposits, you know, that can be, you know, you almost can set that up and I wouldn't say let it go into, you know, auto drive, 
but the reality is you can really create an ease into that new situation of running the house. The last thing I would mention, and this is something that was discussed, that I discussed with my mom, is now the living situation. It, you know, if there's a home, are we wanting to stay there? Does that make the most financial sense? I can tell you in my mom's situation, my, my sister at the time was still in Tampa, and so she was close. I, I was up here, and uh, the discussion came that, you know, within six, eight months of my dad passing, there needed to be a decent amount of work on on the property was going to cost a good amount of money. And is that going to be the best situation for my mom? Now, what ended up happening was she ended up moving into a rental community. And she would tell you to this day, it's the best decision that she ever made. Because the re- and quite frankly, it really eases up for my sister who now lives out in Phoenix. It eases up for us that in the event something happens, all she has to do is pick the phone up and someone's going to be there to take care of it. But again, is looking at the whole situation and does that make the most sense? In some cases, it might not. And so going through that process, it's not going to be, it's not going to happen immediately. It's a overtime process. But looking at everything's holistically, looking at estate planning, looking at tax planning, and, um, and then obviously income and expense planning. So if you have a situation like that, or you want to, or you have another situation or something you would like for us to address on the show, feel free. You can email that to us, info at smartmoneyquestions.com. If you'd like to schedule a personal appointment, you can do that at speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online calendar is there for either a conference call, a Zoom call, or an in-person meeting. So that's all I have for today, everyone. I hope it's been valuable. We will talk to you soon. Everybody, take care.